Hello, everyone. Welcome to Harmonic Heart, where music blog dedicated to showcasing musicians' stories and talent. I'm your host, Chris Millette. I am grateful and honored to have Colombian American band Desun Washington on today for an interview. So, Desun Washington is a Colombian American band from Washington, D.C., that combines traditional Colombian folk music with rock, pop, and urban rhythms. Founded in 2014, Desun Washington has emerged as one of the premier world music bands in the Washington, D.C. area, recognized and beloved by the Latinx community and those who enjoy international music. Desun Washington has gone from performing in living rooms to performing in some of the best venues and festivals in Washington, D.C., Maryland, and Virginia area, including the Howard Theater, Kennedy Center Millennium Stage, H Street Festival, Atlas Performing Arts Center, and Embassy of Columbia. This year in 2020, they released their debut EP, Via Hell. So I'm excited and honored, grateful. We have three members of Daysong Washington here today. Um, please introduce yourselves, your role in the band and, and the members who are here today. Thanks, Chris. Um, I'm Velu, and I am the main vocalist of the Sun Washington. And uh, we uh, also with the two other members here, we are in charge of um, well, making things happen in terms of creativity. Oh, wonderful. Hi, everyone. I'm Danny. I play the accordion. And thank you for having us here. Thank you, Chris, for the invitation. I'm Diego. I play percussion. Uh, yes, for me, it's a pleasure to share this story about the sound machine. Sweet. Alrighty. Okay. Well, I think a, a nice place for us to start would be um, some of the genres you perform. So can you tell us a bit about uh, the traditional Colombian folk genres you perform? I know you've mentioned um, Bayanato and Cumbia and the history of those genres. Yeah, well, um, Vallenato and Cumbia are primarily from the Caribbean coast of Colombia. Um, Cumbia uh, sort of uh, originated around the 1800s. And it's, you know, it's a genre that was basically, um, it, it traveled with uh, the African uh, people that were brought to Latin America due to slavery. Mm. And uh, it includes a lot of... Uh, drums that, you know, like, uh, have uh, this African feeling, but of course, you know, like, it, it, it became a Colombian rhythm, so it, it's sort of like a diaspora, it's a combination of uh, the European roots, which is the Spanish language, and also the African and indigenous uh, instruments that sometimes you hear, especially uh, talking about the gaita, uh, which is a flute, it's an indigenous flute that you hear in some of the types of cumbia that, uh, that you hear. Um, in Colombia. And uh, then we also have the, the tambores, the drums, uh, they're specifically to, to cumbia. And um, well, that cumbia really, cumbia has traveled throughout Latin America and has traveled through across Europe, so and, and back to Africa. Um, and it has become an, an emblematic symbol of, of our nation and, and it has been adapted by several other countries. Uh, especially in Latin America, that also play their own cumbia. So you're going to hear cumbia from Argentina, you're going to hear cumbia from Peru, cumbia from Ecuador, from Mexico, and it, they all add their own flavors. And in terms of vallenato, um, vallenato is also you know, Caribbean, and it, it sort of started around the 1900s, and um, 
it, you know, the, the, original, the original instruments of vallenato include caja vallenato, which is also a drum, and uh, it's the main percussion of, of, the, of vallenato. And um, before the accordion actually came into play, gaita was also part of uh, the music, and the guido, so the, the huacharaca. And, but then, you know, the accordion right now is, is, the main, is the main instrumentation and why you hear, when you hear vallenato, you know, when you hear the accordion, you know it's vallenato um, because of the sounds of the accordion and, you know, like the, the, the different kinds of rhythms that Danny can, can talk to you a little bit more since he, he is the, the, the accordionist of our band. Yeah, what Bello was saying is right. The accordion has something very interesting that when you hear it uh, on per in person, it gives you like a vibe that you can, you not you don't forget. So it's very uh, emotional instrument. So people like a lot the accordion, and people adopted to play the vallenato, and since then it's become a tradition to play vallenato always with accordion. So people say that if there is no accordion in the song, there is no vallenato. So you have to have the accordion in order to make a vallenato. Mm, I see. Okay, so Danny holding us down with the accordion for the vallenato. Yeah. Um, so I understand, well, you all have original songs um, and you perform these um, traditional songs as well. I was curious, um, are folk songs passed down as a type of canon that many Colombian musicians know? Um, how does that work? You know, I mean, I don't know about the, I think Diego and, and Danny can talk to their experience. Like growing up, we are all immigrants. Uh, but when I was growing up in Colombia, like Vallenato and Cumbia, it's, it's, it's sort of like in the air, but it's not something that I listen to like on the radio. Like, you know, like you listen to rock and you listen to pop and you listen to English music. But again, it's, it's sort of in the air. And you, you like you, like you're familiar with it. That, that you know the songs, and you know because that's what your parents dance to, especially in like Christmas, you know, Christmas parties and like uh, New Year's Eve. Um, but in the, for me, uh, I, you know, I got more connected with the music um, when I when I moved here, and it wasn't necessarily that I was um, not into it. it. It was just not, no, it was not part of my daily life. However, I did live. I did live in the coast, in the Caribbean coast, in, in Santa Marta specifically for two years during um, college. And it's funny because uh, we joke around with our, uh, our university uh, mates where, you know, like we moved to, um, to the coast and then like all we listen is to Vallenato. And it's like Vallenato mm -hmm. here and Vallenato there. But then like six months into living in the Caribbean coast and you listen to a Vallenato and you're like, yeah, party, let's go. So like I, it, it grew on me. It grew up, it grew me, and, and when you listen to the lyrics and you listen to, to the songs, they're very poetic, and they're the, the declaration of love and happiness. So, but I, you know, but I don't know, I mean, I think Danny and, and, and Diego might have a different perspective and experience. Uh, yes, I believe in the, all of the members of the group has, like, uh, different backgrounds, uh, Danny, is more for the side of Vallenato and pop. Uh, there is some guys on the guitar that is more related with rock, Bellu as well with pop and rock. And that combination generates like the original sound that the San Washington, that basically is a, a mix of the traditional with the new ways of sounds and the 
combination, the smooth combination between those proteins. That's interesting. You know, I was gonna comment something on what Belu was saying. And uh, it, I think that in Colombia, everybody listened vainato or at least have heard one vainato and know what it is. So it's part like of the Colombian DNA person. So it doesn't matter if you like rock, if you like reggaeton, if you like any other rhythm, in general, your roots are connected with the vallenato. So in some way, at least, you know, one vallenato. Mm -hmm. So that's what's a, it's a very uh, popular rhythm mm -hmm. in Colombia. Yeah. I see. You mentioned that you all are immigrants and you're based in DC now. How did this in Washington form? The San Washington Forum around 2014, I believe, and it was through the World Cup, just like a bunch of Colombian uh, guys got together and started playing instruments. And Actually, Diego uh, it, knows the story because- Yeah, the Diego person. knows the story better. Yes, it's, it's related with soccer. I don't know if I can't say this, but it was related with soccer. It was a group of guys with instruments and uh, we start to say, oh, do, do you want to play maybe in a park or any place just to have fun? And after that, it was three guys at the beginning. And after six months, Danny joined, uh, Belu joined to the band. And the band started to grow up. We start to thinking about, okay, this is, let's take this more seriously. Uh, we, we make some changes. We changed the name as well. And yes, and after that is a journey that definitely help us to, to like recreate the band of the days that is now. We also, we were playing a gaita before and we, ha we had a name that we decided to change because it was too long. But our name before was a gaiter Gaiteros, like a gaita de San Washington. So San Washington, in we, we tried to, to make it similar to a small town in Colombia called San Jacinto, where they played folk, cumbia, and gaita music. So, but that was too long, that name, so we decided to change it, and now we're just this in Washington. And this in Washington is still, <laughs> it's still kind of funny in, you know, like, in, like, catching in a way, because the San Washington is still, like, connected to Washington, D.C., although we don't, we don't write it with W, we write it as, as it would sound in Spanish, which is, mm. like, with the G-U. And so like, it, it really states this on Washington, it translates really to from St. Washington. Wow. So yeah, in a lot of, in a lot of uh, towns and cities in, in, in Latin America, you, you hear that San, like San, San Carlos or San Pablo. So it was sort of, you know, like a note to that. I'm glad to learn that. Yeah, I was curious where the name came from and if it was connected to Colombia. And then also, of course, there's a similarity to Washington, D.C., so that's really interesting. Um, yeah, you know, what does, hmm, yeah, what would you say the, the genres and the music you perform means to you? Um, well, I, like, I guess it means, it means uh, heritage. To me, it means heritage. To me, it means also um, a bridge to connect cultures and, and an opportunity to show um, 
something that is beautiful from our country. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. so that, that to me means the San Washington and it means folk. Um, and, uh, and yeah, just an opportunity to unify, to, to get people together and, 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 and just, you know, like without worrying about barriers or frontiers or, you know, like corners of the world or that I'm from this region or that you're from this region. Uh, we ultimately, even if you don't understand the language, we try to, to, you know, like invite people to dance and to enjoy the music because it's, it's so happy and it brings so much joy, especially the accordion, like Danny said. Like without vallenato, without accordion, I mean, there is no vallenato. Yeah, can you speak a little bit more to, you know, the importance of dance with the music that you play? Guys? The music that we play is very happy music. <laughs> so it has a lot of rhythm. And as Belu said, it has a lot of drums involved in it. So it's very happy music. So when you hear it, even though Maybe you don't understand the the Spanish lyrics, but you get the rhythm immediately and the rhythm gets you and you start dancing, you want to move and you enjoy it. So basically it's very happy music. And as long as you enjoy it, it doesn't matter if you understand or not the lyric, you're good to go. <laughs> yes, it's like kind of liberation, especially if, when we play for a different audience and no speed, uh, audience that does not speak Spanish, it's like a liberation. You just heard the readings automatically. It's like you follow the patterns of the music and immediately you start to just start to have fun. And also for the people from Colombia that we usually play, they feel like it's part of something. They remind they remind like, oh, that I heard that song when I was a child and that's remind me traveling, that's remind me, remind me the coffee smell and all of the memories came back to you to you in the moment that we play. And it's, it's, it's like, a, I say, it's like part of the experience that we play as well. That's beautiful. It takes you back to a you know, younger time. Yeah, I'm, I'm yeah. curious. Oh, yes, go ahead. No, no, I, was, I, I agree with Diego. <laughs> uh, yeah, I was curious, um, the work that was involved um, going from playing in living rooms uh, to performing in the Kennedy Center and Howard Theater and other notable venues. What was the, the work that was involved with that? I think Diego mentioned it before in the, in the way that uh, like we sort of realized, okay, let's, let's, th- there seems to be a good opportunity here that we can take advantage of. People really like what we're doing. So why don't we, why don't we just, like, why don't we not uh, like, share it with more people? So in order to do that, we really needed to sit down and like, we had to sit down and be more organized and be more mindful uh, of our rehearsals and uh, more constant um, meeting. You know, like, I think it was weekly when we first started. Right now we were like, now we moved to bi-weekly because we're now, we're used to our language. We, under, we, we can understand what, you know, like that, you know, like Danny is about to do or the percussion or like we can talk to each other while we're playing. And so we understand and uh it it really was organically um more people started listening uh people started reaching out to us uh we were able to perform at bossa then from bossa bistro lounge we started playing uh you know like opening to some artists we got an opportunity to perform at the international Colombian festival with some uh very well-known artists such as Tola Pocina. And um, we also opened for Messier Periné, who are 
pretty big in Colombia and also internationally, and we open for Atercio Pelados at the Howard Theater, which are a, a rock band that is also emblematic to Colombians. And yeah, mm. I don't know if uh, Danny and Diego have anything to add. Yeah, you said everything. It has been a very <laughs> organically and interesting journey. Wow. Um, you mentioned um, that you guys kind of have a language and you understand um, each other and it seems like you guys have a culture in your band. I was curious, the band's process of composing songs. Well, the way that we compose the song uh, is that Velu and Richard, which is the guitarist and I, uh, we get together and start like brainstorming ideas about melodies like hey guys i have this melody or i have this lyric so how we can make it like a song with a structure and a chorus a break so when once we do that then we we show that word to the other parts of the band which is the percussionist and then uh, they give us more ideas in in order to for example like create a break here or create a silence here and um and yeah this is how we do it and this is how have been doing it and now since COVID-19 you know that we are locked down so we're trying just to create more and more music in our own and then eventually we're trying to get together and make more music. Hmm. I see so generally starting with melody, um, accordion, guitar, lyrics. Yes. And then bringing it to the percussion. Wow. Yes. Um, okay, this next part can be brief. Um, each song on Bolver has a beautiful sentiment to it. Um, I'd like to touch on each one um, and share the concept of the song and what each song means to you. Um, so can you tell us about La Mochila? Yeah. Go ahead, Danny. La Mochila, it's a richer song, uh, but I really like that song because it, it's very, it talks about experience and in life and uh, what you loved. And, and the Mochila is basically where you put everything that you love and like. Uh, and Mochila is a bag, it's a Colombian bag. Let me show you, I have a Mochila here. Yeah, that would be great. Yeah. Good job, so this, this is a mochila. mochila. Wow. So it's it's a bag. It's mm. a Colombian handmade bag. Wow. Mm. And it's made is made by Colombian indigenous mm. in the north set, uh, part of Colombia. So basically, a mochila is a bag where you put things, right? But the song talks about. Um, with you put in the machine, your experience and everything, and in in Evers break because it's it's very I don't know it, it, it can hold everything, all your experience. So it's a very nice song. Yeah, I loved um, the lyrics about um, you know this kiss in the middle of the night, this hug in the middle of the day. Um, that was really exactly. sweet, like the laughing in the car. Um, you know, the yeah. music in the morning. It's yeah. very poetic. Right, that was, yeah. Okay, and, and what about Volver? Volver, it's a, 
it's a, the journey of immigrants. It's a note to going back to your roots. It's, it also talks about, you know, like the journey of an immigrant when, when he, she, or they leave the country and um, how despite that they, you know, like missing their home, they are trying to make a new life in, you know, like where they live. So yeah, it's, I think it, 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 you can identify with it regardless of whether you're Colombian or whether you are uh, Ethiopian or you are, I don't know, like Argentinian or Mexican or whatever. So mm. it really is just your journey as an immigrant. Yeah, one thing I thought was interesting about that song is uh, I think Danny mentioned before that the music is really upbeat, but you know, there's also sad elements, you know, just really missing where you're from in your home as well. Yes. That can really resonate with the song. And Mi Poesia, Mi Caramelo. That's a, that's a really good song because it's, as you mentioned before, La Mochila is more like vibe, dancing, the, the like the, the, the previous song, like melancholic style with the Viajero, and this is more for love. It's like a combination of feelings. You have combination of feelings that basically this is an immigrant journey. You have a combination of feelings every, every day, every season, and this is love, and this is one of the uh, uh, songs that Bell wrote, and, and it's, it's fantastic. You can dedicate this song, and you can feel like the real feeling behind those lyrics and as you as you say before, you can you can you can feel it when you dancing and and basically the song uh yes it's a it's part of the journey for for the San Washington trip. And you all performed that song for your tiny desk submission as well. Yes, mm -hmm. we did. Mm -hmm. That was that was the last time we got together before COVID. Oh wow, wow. I enjoy it. Um the song, Yo Viaja, Yo... Yo Viajo Sola? So, yeah. <laughs> Yo Viajo Sola is, um, was written by Richard, mm -hmm. um, our guitarist also, and he got inspired by uh, the unfortunate situations that happen to women traveling alone when they get assaulted. Uh, sometimes uh, they even lose their lives. And usually the media and society blames them for what happens. So uh, there was a hashtag that was associated with something that happened, unfortunately, to two Argentinian girls in, um, I believe it was Ecuador, where they were, they were killed. And, uh, and there was a hashtag that, that grew up from that, uh, Yo Viajo Sola. And so he got inspired by the hashtag and the experience. And, and it's, it's sort of our, like a, a note to support, you know, like the, the rights of women um, across the world and the right for them to travel regardless of their gender and that that, that shouldn't be really be um, I guess an excuse for people to to take advantage of that so yeah um, and 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 it really is I mean despite the sadness of the you know like the, the inspiration it really is uh, an upbeat song and and it talks about how you know like I I travel alone, but I don't really travel alone because I travel with the ocean and the stars mm -hmm. and with my experiences and my dreams, so. Yeah. Um, yeah, and that, you know, speaks to more about just the 
the various emotions that you're hitting on in this project and um, you're also speaking out and it's powerful. Um, the last song, Poquito a Poco. Oh, Danny, <laughs> your turn. <laughs> <laughs> well, that I wrote that song. Um, it basically talks about love, and um, it, well, it's it's interesting because now in COVID, people is using more virtual stuff, right? The same as dating apps. So <laughs> this song talk about dating apps and how people get together um, between dating apps, and is the story about how I can um, make you fall in love with me. What should I do? I can uh, iron your clothes. I can walk the dog. I can do anything that you want basically to stay with you. It's a short lyric, but it's just a love uh, feeling that I had in that moment when I created that song. I, I, I love that part, by the way, the, the whole like, I, t <laughs> I will take the dog at, at night. <laughs> That's my favorite part. <laughs> I'm really interested to hear what it was like recording the songs. Recording was very um, interesting because one thing is playing in the stage, right? Because you can um, you can get maybe a little bit faster, a little bit slower, and you don't realize it, and people don't realize it, and it's just part of the connection of the show, and and it, it goes well but when you're recording you have to be very precise and you have to because every mistake is gonna stay in the record and it's gonna get recorded so you have to practice a lot so we had to practice a lot each song every song until we get bored of each song but uh, that's that's the process i mean it was hard to practice um all the time but also it was very nice because it was an opportunity to grow as a band and um, play better and get to know also each other because in some sometimes we when we were practicing we were like man but we already did that no but we have to do it again so <laughs> but it, it's part of the process but it was interesting it was nice so now we can say that we have this ep and um we are very proud of it and we're still looking to create more music <laughs> Yeah, that's interesting, you know, dealing with these people you've known for years, but it's different when, you know, things are frustrating and it's outside of, you know, you know, the individual specifically, but you're all working on this project together. Well, um, was there anything that you learned during recording that surprised you? Oh, yes, I, I want to, I want to say something about it. I think is uh, more appreciation with the musicians because you think it's just like, like when you see the videos, oh, maybe you spend one or two hours having fun in the studio and that's it. And it's completely the opposite side. And uh, yes, I believe we have to respect the, the people that is behind uh, the people who, uh, I mean, the producers and everything uh, that they dedicate time to analyze where is the mistake and fix it. And also the musicians that repeat, repeat, repeat. And this is, this is tiring. At the end, it's like, wow, we did it. But the process takes time. And yes, it's, it's kind of hard. But this is as, as everything, just a process. It's really interesting because, yeah, you spent years performing together. And it sounds like this experience recording the project helped you come closer together. 
exactly. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think regardless of the frustrations and, and you know, like the exhaustion, which was a lot. And I mean, it took us pretty much a, a year and a half to record. But regardless of that, I think the fact that we've been together for so long that we sort of know each other and that and, and we talk to each other and it's and it's you know it's good it's good communication so like there aren't really any like big problems at the end it's just you know like disagreements and like where something might sound better and then ultimately we just you know we we agree and and we move on mm. yeah well the music is really positive so you know i think yeah, there's no negative energy that comes across in the music. Sure. So. <laughs> That's the purpose. <laughs> so, um, did you record it at American University? Mm. Yes. So you recorded at American, and um, you worked with some producers. What was what was that like? The producer is Rafael Ponde. He's a Brazilian, and he's a. Um, he has, I mean, we found him, Velu found him, and Velu introduced him to us. And he has very interesting uh, way of producing, which is, I mean, we can connect, we could connect it with that. And we like how we how we make the, the music and the sound it, because he wanted to keep our orgi original sound. And we wanted to, to, to have that in the, in the episode. That's why we did it that way. And it was very interesting to work with him. I mean, we, we record at American University and then we also have to record on other parts in, uh, in his house, um, a small studio, like create uh, another small stuff. But it was, it was very, very nice. Yeah. Yeah, the, the recording part with uh, Rafael in American University was, was great. We had also a lot of the technical support from Rogero Naresi and um, some of the uh, students that are learning about that that part so that was that was also a good experience for them and and then like Danny said like some of the things that we uh, didn't finish recording or didn't really need it to be recording in America we just recorded at Rafael's home studio I see I see so um, those other people on the technical side like helped with the engineering and actual recording of it yes okay um and yeah who mixed and mastered it i don't know if that's kind of a specific question but yeah i think that was that was actually uh some a friend of rafael a contact that he had in, in brazil so we weren't really we didn't really had to worry about that so he took care of both the mm. mixing and the mastering okay great yeah i was curious um about the the influence of the producer because it sounds i mean i'm just getting to know your band but it sounds authentic to who you are um the ep and overall quality of it sounds great yeah yeah i mean and and we uh, you know like we're still exploring uh i mean like we we are discussing like what sort of things we can improve and and you know like for every ep we wanted to continue our evolution and, and see where where that takes us and now you have recorded or you've put out videos for each song um, i think four songs so far right yes yes mm -hmm. on the promotional side okay That's also we're, we're we're trying to, to record another um, video of the like a 
mix of all the songs in like a resume of the EP in just one song. And uh, so we're working on that and we're gonna record a video as well. Okay, um, that's exciting. How can um, our audience support you? Uh, I, I always say like, follow us and participate. We try to engage, we try to connect with the audience and participate. Right now we planning to, we are executing new songs, writing, try to contact uh, new people, especially for help us to create new music. And I believe soon we need uh, some support for the audience to, to I mean, the, in different in different size, we, we need support. And yes, I think Belu can talk more about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, I mean, I think for, for mainly right now, the, the way that they can support us is go and give us a follow and a subscription on Spotify and YouTube. That's, that's what we need right now. Because like, in terms of the algorithm, the more people like us and the more people listen to us, the more people the algorithm is going to show it to. Mm -hmm. So that's, and, and that's the main goal, the, our main goal is that so that, uh, you know, more people listen to our music and listen to our voice. But uh, yeah, like Diego said, also we are, you know, right now we are trying to connect with people and, um, you know, like be more creative and looking for new ways to, um, to you know, record music and, and planning for, COVID and, and, you know, foreseeing what's going to happen in the next, I don't know, next year, how, how everything is going to look like. And uh, we're trying, you know, like, as, as Danny said, we're trying to record. So actually, um, tomorrow, uh, we're going to try to meet outside in a very socially distanced video recording. So I'm very curious as to what is that going to look like. So yeah. Wonderful. Any um, closing thoughts that you guys wanted to get off? Well, I want to thank you, Chris, for the opportunity. This has been great. Um, we we love you know talking to with our friends and and also our local uh, connections in Washington D.C. So uh, we really appreciate this, and we should uh, share. We should be able to share um, your podcast with our fans and our family, our friends, so so they know of the great job that you are uh, doing for the community, for the local community, the Washington D.C. community of musicians. Uh, oh, yeah, well, I would really appreciate that. And yeah, and I'm grateful that you guys joined and I was able to learn more about your band and your music and your whole process and history. So yeah, everyone, please go follow them on Instagram, based in Washington, Spotify, all the streaming based in Washington, YouTube based in Washington. All right, thanks again. Take care. Thank you, everybody. Chris, thank you so much. Take care. Yeah. <laughs>